Welcome to the Are We Still Here podcast, where we talk about what really matters for you and your own health and fitness. I'm Jess. And I'm Sasha. And each week we'll come to you with a no-nonsense topic, which will make you challenge your own thoughts and ask, are we still here? Don't forget to like, share and subscribe if you're enjoying the podcast. And let's get to today's pod. Hello and welcome to episode 57 of the Are We Still Here podcast. I am actually joined by the traveller, the one, the only, Sasha Lucas, who's left me for a week and I'm actually fuming about it because she's got the best tan, even though she thinks it's not a good tan. She just said this is pale for her. No, I was careful because the sun was so hot. Um, I don't want to, the thing is, the misconception is that people think, oh, if I burn, then I'll turn brown. I'm like, well, number one, if you burn five times in your life, you're way more likely to get skin cancer. Or there's a number around it. But number two, if you burn, your skin will peel off. Mm. So it's like, do you want to keep that tan? Um, so I was literally religious with cream and I kept putting it on. And yeah, so I, of course I've got a tan. But um, do you find as well for your tattoos, you, you're more protective of them with sun cream? Yeah, I always put factor 50 on my um, face and on my tattoos um and then at the beginning I'll put it on like some areas that I know I haven't seen the sun in a while like my belly and stuff but my legs usually do fine and my arms because they're just out all the time so I honestly don't think I'll ever like burn my arms ever um it isn't it how some part I always find this as well what's one part of your body that just doesn't tan mine's my shins <laughs> just oh. doesn't tan um nowhere <laughs> shock <laughs> horrendous well I'm very pale I uh I do wear factor 50 now I wore factor 30 for years but now I just wear 50 because I just think yeah my skin's so fair I'm not I'm not bothered I, yeah. I just fake tan it's fine I get over it but also when you use a high factor and you use a lot of it and you're out in the sun a lot it because you're able to stay out in the sun for longer I think that the tan's a lot deeper so it lasts a lot longer and it just looks healthier like there is I was in the sun a lot obviously it was boiling but there is no part of my face that is even remotely burnt or or like no no it's it's not worth it and it's not it's just not it's not worth like the like I'm very very fair skin so I go red I as a child went on holiday to Spain and was in the shade with sun cream on <laughs> ended up in hospital because my eyes shut because the sun like like you know like it was like wind burn yeah, yeah. yeah. my Very sensitive skin. my mm. friend Jess she's super pale like the palest of pale and she the worst sunburn she ever got was in Skegness and it was wind burn it's different windburn hits different yeah, no and I know I know what you mean I'm just obviously I'm, I'm, I'm lucky I don't really but people are like, oh, I bet you don't burn it's like of course I burn if I don't put cream on I'll burn my skin especially if it's not been in the sun for a while Matt and I are polar opposites in the sense that he goes very very dark he, he's into golf at the minute he's got typical golfer tan lines yeah. but whenever we go out and on an evening he gets bitten so much I get bitten so, so bad oh my god do you reckon there's something in that maybe I get bitten yeah, you, so bad you can't have it all you can't have it all you can't have the tan and no bites you have to take one thing and I take no bites when I do get bitten on the on occasion though my 
legs have swollen up so also not the best anyway you had a great time that's what counts lovely um it was amazing and I just wanted to I was going to say this to you before we press record but I may as well just say it now on the we booked something fun for the last day you know on the last day sometimes you're like oh we're going home tomorrow like may as well just lounge around and do nothing and it's just like no let's book something and then we'll actually have like a really nice day so we booked um there's an American lady who well a Greek American and she runs a wine and olive oil tour and she's a sommelier so she obviously actually knows lots about wine rather than like just being like yeah here's the vineyard like enjoy Mm -hmm. and um me and Dan like oh you know it's a group of six like we won't know anyone or whatever and then it was four American women and then me and Dan like proper like American like from Brooklyn they were so cool they were so nice and they loved obviously that we were from from England and um we went to the there's a few things that I just thought were really interesting right because we went to where the you know there's 50 to 100 million olive trees in Greece that's crazy and that's obviously where most of the olive oil in the world comes from and have you ever bought light olive oil yeah yeah so this I found this really interesting because it's bizarre really it's probably to do with our fitness industry and, and diet and whatever but olive oil is pure fat right Mm-hmm. the point of it yeah so people buy light olive oil and people think oh it's because the color it's like no that just depends on the olive right the light olive oil is the olive oil that's extracted from all the shite that mm-hmm. comes out of the machine once they're done with the actual olive so we saw the mound this huge mound of like pulp and it stank and just shit and basically what they do is they pull supermarkets, obviously just want the cheap shit. They pull all of the leftovers they physically can out of the pulp and then add chemicals to it. And that's your olive oil. And is it light because it's lowering calories because all the good stuff's gone or no? Well, I'm not, I, I don't even think it is lowering calories. I just think they say, and they call it light because it's a lighter color. That's it. But- yeah, I think the only reason I've bought it is because it's lighter in color. Not because I've gone through the intention of it being like lighter but I think I've always thought it's a different type of olive oil yeah it's been years since I bought it but yeah so she was saying that um there's an acidity level in olive oil anything below 0.1 or something you can't get it's too pure and then anything over 0.8 is not fit for human consumption like you you it would make you ill so if you go for like a 0.3 to a 0.5 acidity level and basically Jess what she was saying is this food is so good for you. They put it in their hair, their nails, their face, you know, their skin. They put it on everything. They consume 26 litres um, a year per person in Crete. Per person. It's insane. And then obviously in the diet industry, they're like, don't use oil. It's too fattening. It's like, <sighs> literally, we're so far past the point. <laughs> yeah. But we can see the point. We just drive around it. <laughs> it does there's there's so many instances of of that though where um fats are demonized yeah where they're so essential for so essential essential for like cell production and your metabolism and hormonal health and all these things but you'll buy something from the supermarket which is low in fat and you think oh it's great because it's lower in calories but your body needs a certain amount of fat to get through life. So t- 
taking it out all the time as much as it seems beneficial mm-hmm. because the fitness industry says oh well it's lowering calories lowering calories it's not it's not and I, I think that's something I had to build up after a while because I realized my fat content had gone really low because I demonized it for so many years mm-hmm. um and there's obviously different types of fat as well I saw someone put something on Instagram the other day a coach as well yeah. totally missed the point on <laughs> totally missed the point on dietary fat and body fat and they clearly got confused with the post that they put out and I I called them they've accidentally in the English language we've accidentally called them the same thing when they're not guys just, yeah and it's just they were talking about um uh and like using energy right. so they were saying like how carbs are a preferred energy source correct yeah saying how when carbs aren't used yeah. that fats are used dietary fats as yeah. an alternative correct yeah but then they started to discuss how it was then burning more fat because it was using fat and I was like no 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 you're getting confused oh, <laughs> this <is> not... <laughs> yeah knocking on excuse me what? excuse me this is me tapping my, my Instagram <laughs> screen excuse me you got it incorrect oh no it's double lighted great <laughs> delete delete yeah. yeah I think the the issue is with that is that I was saying this to, to Dan because obviously he's not in the fitness world so sometimes he's a good person to talk to because he'll say oh well people think this because we're out of we can be out of touch because there's some things that we just assume sometimes that people know and um and obviously fat has the most calories in it but we're very quick to blame one thing aren't we mm-hmm. so that's why people don't have olive oil and they'll have low fat this and low fat that because they just think that oh it, it's that yeah that that's why and it's like mm, it, it's a thing but it's not the thing yeah and we forget to look around like the other things that it might be so it's very rare it, <laughs> if you're carrying more weight than you want it's highly unlikely it's because of one thing yeah but it's very easy to uh, for a, a coach or someone online it's very easy to say like you know these gut health babes that are on uh, <laughs> I just called them that because I just thought it's a little patronizing and they deserve to be patronized. Yeah. Hey, hon. <laughs> hey, hey, honey. Hey, honey. Yeah. Um, they're like, oh, it's because uh, this was my belly before and this was after. It's because, and I finally cut out and then it'll be some random thing. Because it's really easy to focus on that. Exactly the same as if we were to say to a client, the mm-hmm. reason that you've got here is because you start doing 10,000 steps a day and it's, that's not that's not true it's because they have probably done a multitude of healthy habits off the back of wanting to change and that's one of many yeah yeah it's 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 it is interesting when you um when people it's the pilates instance that you spoke about as well the other week isn't it like oh pilates is the solution to all of our problems yeah but that is so that's come that's come across now it's like a big it's hard to not talk about TikTok trends now because they're in the millions and billions. It's almost like, although people are, oh, it's just TikTok. It's like, yeah, but when billions of people are looking at something, you can't really just say, oh yeah, but it's just that. It's like, mm-hmm. well, it's, it's billions. So we kind of... Isn't it ironic as well that we could put out a post similar to that, mimicking it, which would probably get us yeah high, high amount of views and likes. Yeah, because people... Um, wants to believe it. it's like they're, they're building up their echo chamber of that's right she said it as well oh my god she said it I believe her exactly and and reasonable statements uh reasonable statements aren't necessarily like they're not very attractive so let's just use glue a glue thing for because it's quite easy to talk about like 
people, the things that get millions and billions of views are like three ways I took my glutes from this to this. Okay, so you've got one, two, three, there's three things. So it's only three, I don't have to read a book. I don't have to do everything. I don't have to do all that. It's just, I just got to do these three things great. Like, let's look at the caption. These three things before and after. Oh my God, yeah, that looks great. Number two, that's done. But really a post that won't get much likes or, or won't get many, sorry, bad English, won't get many likes or won't get as much attention is like, well, it, it kind of depends. <laughs> kind of depends on like what's your hip extension like yeah. are you strong enough to to be able to apply the amount of stress you need to grow a muscle um what's your recovery like how many how many times are you hitting that muscle group per week how many times have you hit it a week for how long like how many months how many years like yeah. eating enough calories to support um, um to, to support muscle growth and then people are like Ugh. Yeah, not interested. And when I used to work in marketing, that's exactly what I had to do for a living. I had to create <laughs> clickbait. Um, I had to create headlines that people would want to read or open or whatever it might be, because that's half of the challenge being a marketer, being someone on social media, is that initial grabbing someone's attention. So can you do that either with an image that is captivating <clears throat> transformation photos <clears throat> or something that is almost so easy and simple you think that makes sense I want to know what that is three three hacks and go through some of my posts you'll see I 100% use it three tips for this three what because I know it's going to get people's attention but when you're in the when you're in the caption or in the comments that's when I actually really want you to be there <laughs> Yeah. that's when I tried to talk some sense hard isn't it because people with like pure intentions like you or I don't want to get caught up in that psychology though I know I just don't like it eh. I don't like but it you had, a, you had a great time you know loads about olive oil <laughs> I went out and I was looking at olive oils in the shop and I was like ew I am not <laughs> drinking that I ate so much olive oil and the food over there is so like it tastes how it should taste which I one do I don't I get that Filippo what's that one you know uh, yeah so basically extra virgin and um just make sure look on the back and make sure that the ingredients are extra virgin olive oil because often it's like 50% olive oil 10% rapeseed oil 10% this it's just like no this is this stuff is good there's a reason why people like literally put on everything it's like it, it's good for you um, yeah. and obviously in like my science of nutrition by um rihanna lambert and uh, probably every nutrition book probably in precision that like you're doing like you will learn and it's one of those things that you you can't argue with the fact that it's one of the best fats yeah, you can have so it was just interesting to um to hear about that and obviously tim specter who does the who's actually like a gut health specialist he talks a lot about olive oil and how olives and olive oil are really great for you, but they've got a lot of calories in, guys. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Do you remember? It doesn't matter. Good for you. Probably everything else that, that might be causing causing a problem. It's probably not olives. <laughs> might not be. Follow guys. Yeah. Um Jess has got the we went off track, obviously, just like we do. Uh Jess has got the topic and she's written some um 
Nice microphone. Mine's here. Oh, mine's not plugged in. Oh, God. <laughs> it's fine. It's, it sounds fine without. Um, one second, everyone. There we go. Oh, yeah, so much smoother. Is it actually? I don't know. Yeah, it is actually, yeah. Yeah, it's worked. Um, so, and then she's also done some head, uh, headlines or whatever you called them. Headlines? Subhead, subheadings. Subheadings, headlines, you know. Um, so, yeah, Jess, hit us. I absolutely love that. Sasha did not need to tell you all that part. That was just a behind-the-scenes part of us making the pod, but this Look, she likes to be inclusive. I like to let you all know what goes goes on you know I do the same with email writing I'm like just so you know guys you have any idea how much work that goes into this you have any idea that this gets edited three times before you get the um the final version the final version of it do you understand this mm. <laughs> I feel you yeah so what we want to talk about today is um first and foremost something I need to address that I've discovered from previous podcast guys is I'm really trying to work on not saying like as much. I can only apologise. It's just a nervous tick that I must have. I never notice and have never noticed it once. I'm taking my time today. I'm just easing myself okay. in. Although Matt said, don't now avoid the word because no, because you'll struggle, you struggle to put sentences together. <laughs> um, so today what we want to talk about is goals and goals changing specifically. We've spoken yeah. about... Um, setting goals I think in the past the importance of goals things like that but today what we wanted to talk about is how when your goals change over time what necessarily makes them change mm-hmm. but also how you can accept that because sometimes it can be for a positive reason and sometimes yeah. it can be for a not so positive reason mm-hmm. where it makes it difficult um, and we're also going to talk to you a little bit around what you can do to set yourself up for success when your goals are changing mm-hmm. based on clients that we've worked with or experience over the years of mm-hmm. ourselves as well, I guess. Yeah, so definitely. What are some of the things that spring to mind for you, Sash, that make goals change for a person? Um, I think it depends how long you've been doing this for. I think as you get into it, like like we are goals tend to they might change but they tend to veer off rather than change from one massive thing to another massive thing um I think at the beginning people get fixated on like for example the way you look and then people get so obsessed and end up hating it that they choose to focus on like how much they can deadlift instead because they're like oh performance goal and it's like yeah but yeah and it's probably healthier but you're also uh you were being neurotic about what you look like and now it can lead to neuroticism around how much you can lift so it's like just be careful that you're not just like passing your that part of your personality onto something else um but I just think that as you get older you tend to like have like a foundation of what you do in training you might just add something a little different you know like I've just do normal training, whatever, but I'm just practicing pistol squats a bit. So I just add that in as like 10 minutes of play, whatever. Mm. It doesn't mean that my whole personality changes and like, <laughs> I'm like, Sasha <laughs> underscore pistol squat. <laughs> <laughs> or like I start writing loads of emails about it or like I get my clients to do pistol squats the and first, I say, oh. The first email that you write that talks about pistol <laughs> squats, I'm going to be there. 
but it's like that that's a perfect example of like healthy goals that if you don't necessarily have like a proper massive goal like I don't but it's in there just as something to practice just because it's fun and I can uh-huh. but rather than like I'm going to do a powerlifting competition and then the minute I'm done I'm going to do an ultra marathon and then the minute I'm done I'm going to sail the seven seas <laughs> And for some people, that will be exactly what they like to do. Yeah. But for other people, they might find the thought of any any of those mm-hmm. sorts of challenges or events or anything exhausting and not what yeah. they want to do. Absolutely. And for other people, I've always been in the mindset of, I quite like to do something that challenges mm-hmm. me maybe once a year or once every other year. Yeah, and I think that's a healthy amount of time. I think a good question to ask yourself if you are one of those people who won't do anything unless you're working to something is like are you just going to do that forever because that's exhausting Mm. like if you if you're only ever trained because you have to be working on something it's like mm, it makes sense but maybe ask yourself if you weren't didn't have any goals you didn't genuinely want to do anything would you just do nothing because that's when it's probably a bit of an issue if you're like doing like what uh, like what I'm doing for example which is just training and then I have fucking pistol squat goal if I didn't want to practice pistol squats anymore I wouldn't just stop training that's that's the kind of point I'm trying to make like yeah. it's just a thing that I'm doing but if you kind of base like your entire existence and, and what you eat and what you what you're doing in the gym and like uh how you prep your meals and whatever and what you do with work and everything just to do this one goal and then you change it completely to do another it's like I think it depends on the individual massively because if we didn't have certain people like that we wouldn't have olympic athletes or anything would we because they are constantly striving for the championship or the next yeah. event or the Olympic. Yeah. But theirs is based on a program of their career progression. So say they've got between uh, like, t- they've maybe got a maximum of 10 years in their sport, yeah. Yeah. then they need to be working towards that in accordance with, mm-hmm. well, this year I'm doing this, this year I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. This is what the seasons look like. So mm-hmm. that's, it is a bit different for that type of person. But yeah. if you're, the general population who wants to just be fitter and healthier but you always feel like you have to have something to work towards which is a discussion I have with a lot of one of one of my clients Katie um started running the beginning of this year she did a charity um challenge in May which was to run 60 kilometers in May which was really big for um her starting point she only started running at the beginning of the year really like just signed up for it without really consulting me like sometimes people just go in for it um, and I was like okay we'll make it work we'll do what we can and she got through it and she was fine because we'd, we'd, we'd been training appropriately around a strength training and building up a good base to start with but then as soon as that ended she said oh I need I want to do something else and I said why do you think that because mm-hmm. that is the negative some of the negative traps that we were talking about yeah. here you can fall into where you only ever feel like you have to have something to work towards she wanted to do something almost like the next month, like in June. Yeah. And I and I said, how about maybe you look at some things towards the back end of the year, which will give us a little bit of time to recover mm. from that, because it was a lot of running in a yeah. short space of time and build up. And now she's doing a 10K race, which will yeah. be the furthest she's ran in October. Great. That, yeah, of course, of course. And I think with the athletic thing, like we also have to remember that that's their job. Yeah, they get paid for that. They get paid for all of the risks that go with being training like that if if that's your job then tough shit 
you got to go through all that you've got to you know do a lot of training and do that but when you get someone who's like an accountant and then they're training for an ultramarathon it's like well if you're working 10 hours a day five days a week how are you gonna how are you gonna work up to that kind of volume in the week oh you know I'll just do it after work no you won't you can't and that's the thing with like and I get it and I'm probably gonna split the crowd here but some people like you can do anything you put your mind to and it's like I'm not being mean I'm just saying that to to be able to do that you have to accumulate a certain amount of training volume you don't have time yeah it's not yeah you're almost laying out the facts I always say that to to people just because you can someone could could that accountant could go do that yeah but should they because I always think it comes back to the foundation of what our job is about. And, and Sasha and I, at the heart of everything that we do, is our, our clients' health and safety is a massive priority. Yeah. So if we go against that and say, yeah, of course you can, that is almost going against our value of keeping you healthy and safe and injury-free and keeping moving mm-hmm. in the long run. Whereas if someone said, oh, I'm not interested in that. Okay, cool. Maybe when we're not the exact coach for you then, because somebody else will put you through that. Somebody will. Yeah. I've had, uh, I don't know if he'll, he'll, he'll listen to this, but my client, Matt, he, um, just did at the weekend, a, uh, it's called endure 24. It's a, a 24 hour running race with, you do it with two other people and you basically take turns to run, um, eight miles, eight miles. I think, yeah, I think, yeah, eight miles. So, um no eight lots of hours you have told me this already yeah Yeah. I've got the details I I just forget the number sometimes and um you know he he him and I I've been coaching him for a really long time and we have like run-ins sometimes like literally where I'm like no (laughs) and he'll you know if he listens to this he'd laugh but we're so like he knows that deep 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 down I probably care more about his health in this than he does, right? Yeah. But he knows that he needs that because I'll, I'll, if, for example, if he says like, oh, he had a, a calf injury, for example, and I was like, no running, it's too painful. And he was like, no, I'm going to run. And I was like, you do whatever you want, but I'm not programming anything. And I left his week empty, right? And some people will be like, oh, you, can, you know, it's his, uh, he's paying you, blah, blah. He's paying me to do what's best for him. Mm-hmm. I'm not putting anything in. And, um, yeah. and, you know, and people would look at that and maybe like, God, that's not what I thought like a personal trainer would do. And I was like, no, that's not, that's what, a, what, that's what a coach would do who wants the best for him. And I want him to finish that race and be able to walk when he finishes it. He sent me through all it. He did it on what day is it today? Wednesday. He did it on Saturday and Sunday through the night. So I think it was eight kilometers. I think I've just, yes. it. so eight kilometers. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> he did it um his friend got injured so he did more and we were aiming you know we said oh if we can just get each run to an hour that'd be great and he literally did it within like I think on the ones where he had to do back to back they went a bit slower he did it he obviously was horrendously sore um (laughs) at the end but stuff like that people don't realize how much that takes out of your life like when you were doing your marathon Jess like that's it all I was trying to do with you and him you gotta accumulate that volume you gotta do it it's just like rule number one when it comes to endurance so if you have 
three kids and you have a really stressful job where you have to be at the office by eight and you're probably home by half six and at the weekends you got to look after the kids on the Saturday and then you get one day for your long run if you can only accumulate half the time in the week it's not it's not it's just not doable yeah yeah and he had to sacrifice a lot and you know he's big into strength training he had to cut that way back because he was oh do you reckon I could keep this stuff I want to maintain my strength and I was like no no you yeah. can't because you're doing this like massively extreme 24-hour race you've got to run 40 miles so I think what's worthwhile mentioning there is the question we started with was what makes your goals change but yeah. it's also what changes once you've set the goal yes exactly because a lot I you, changed I think you think maybe especially like uh let's use Matt as the example yeah. where he he already had an interest in other things he loves strength yeah. he did this so, similar for me yeah I had to cut back on my strength training sessions and mm-hmm. run loads more mm-hmm. to the point where then I missed my strength training sessions yeah. because I wasn't running because mm-hmm. I was running so much and eventually you find that it maybe too much one thing makes you miss the things that you used to do um and it it's different for everybody so like what makes goals change is the lifestyle part like Sash mentioned like your job if you've got a hectic job a busy Mm -hmm. family your lifestyle uh your relationships yeah whatever that might be that will dictate whether you are capable of achieving specific goals they're they're events that we're talking about but yeah if you have an if you have an expectation of I want to get healthier and fitter and I'm going to train five times a week, but you work a job where you finish, you start at 7am and you finish at 7pm. It's going to be quite challenging to do that. Yeah. Not impossible, but also then be realistic with the sacrifices that you might have to make of not meeting up with your friends for tea, literally getting in from the gym. Once you've been there half seven till half eight, having something to eat, getting straight into bed. Yeah. Because you'll be fatigued and tired. So they're the things that make goals change but goals also make your life change in ways that you might not anticipate yeah absolutely and I think like this happened with Matt like at the beginning when he told me that he wanted to do it because bear in mind he's been training for strength for so long and suddenly it's like oh I want to do the running event I was like right why (laughs) out of interest why and one of the main reasons is that he one of his priorities is his social life within his family, like close friends and family, right? He's relatively introverted, but in his like small group, um, it means a lot to him. And he was doing this event with his brother and his friend. So he kept saying like, it'll be such a fun thing to do with my brother and my friend. And it will, you know, it's going to be fun training for it. And we've got a WhatsApp group and it's like, really, like, it's really cool. We're talking about like tactics and what we'll do here. And he goes, I just really want to do it. And I don't want to let them down and I want to do it. And it's just, fun so throughout the training when it was like really like grim and like I was like god this is and I'm programming it like oh <laughs> I'm like oh you gotta do this then you gotta rest and you they rest for one hour then you gotta do it again then you gotta rest like oh it was awful training and I kept saying like you want to do it with your friend and your brother and he's like yeah and then at the end he sent through like a massive update and he was just like um we had we had a really really good time I had a great time with my friend and my brother and I've done it and I feel so good and thank you for helping me and it was like yeah you achieved the goal we achieved the goal 
I said did you have fun he said obviously it was mentally extremely challenging let's not take that away but at the end and just the message before when I was in Greece I sent him a message and I said just remember you're doing this um to have fun with your friend and your brother just enjoy it it's going to be grim we know this um but let's just have some fun with it and yeah and he did so it's just like as long as you keep remember keep thinking about why he chose to do it in the first place because yeah. I tell you what if he didn't give a shit about his friend or his brother and he didn't do it he, he wouldn't have done it and that leads us really well into our next point which was what can you do to set yourself up for success mm-hmm. when you have these goals like when you're changing goals so going from strength to an endurance event one of the things that we noted before is that why which is a bit of a buzzword don't stick to your why etc etc but it means something it has significance because if you don't care enough if this was his brother's idea and he was just going along for the ride it would have been a slog he would have been more inclined to miss a training session he would have been it has to be your personal reason and I think that's why when we talk about um these intrinsic goals internally it means something to you over an extrinsic reward so for example my client Katie who I mentioned who did that challenge to start with she loved the feeling she did it for charity it was really close charity to her heart it was it raised money for her mum and it was so lovely but then she was like I need to do the next one but I could already anticipate that that wouldn't have had a significant meaning as the first one mm-hmm. so it needs to carry weight for an internal reason not an external reason alone um who did I have this really great conversation with the other day it was it was one of my clients Michelle and she's training for her first ever marathon at the moment she's done a couple of halves since she's been with me and she said can you remember the first time you did a mar- you did your first marathon and I said yeah she said there's no feeling like is it when you do that first distance where you challenge yourself and I was like no and she said is it is good the second time and I said no, no. <laughs> it's not because it's the first time you do it it's like you push yourself beyond the place that you thought was possible mm-hmm. which is appealing to some people it was nice that was one of the great things that I took from doing a marathon was I was my own limiting factor because mm-hmm. I didn't think previously I would have been able to do it but with the right training etc you can get to that place mm-hmm. so having your why and again I, I raised money for my mum and charity when I did the London marathon so my why pulled me through to do it to want to do it but there has to be an element of what it, what it means to you that intrinsic belief of hey, this is why I'm here this is why I'm doing this goal yeah absolutely and and I think um I listened to a podcast on holiday and I'm very much a do it for you because in the end that's it no one's going to be there when you're older for example the people that you might be doing stuff for now you might not know them like deep 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 down you 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 have got to do it for you and there but I think a goal can be too focused on you then it becomes a bit selfish for example let's say that uh, Dan's moving in with me in September right let's say well we're moving in together because we want to we want to spend more time together and it's next step blah blah, blah cheesy cheesy if I then picked if my one of my priorities was him and then I picked a goal like do a bodybuilding show right where I had to be in the gym however many times per week I had to 
you know, we eat together. I wouldn't be able to do that because I'd have to do my own meals. And then I have to make sure I go to sleep at a certain time. I've got to do steps. I've got to do posing practice. Got to, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> bikini shopping. Bikini shopping. I got to spend loads. Well, they're very expensive, these competitions. So that money that we might have been, we need a bed, you know, oh, I'm spending it on my shoes for stage or whatever. It's for me, but it's selfish. Yeah. Because it's affecting him and on this podcast god I paused it so many times and screenshotted the time because I was like I need to come back to this when I'm like <laughs> not on the beach um and he was saying about um uh a very fake I'm not very good at um a UFC fighting stuff I've literally in fact I was <laughs> understatement of the century I've no fucking clue about anything it's one of Matt's favorite sports he loves yeah, it so Matt will probably understand what I mean I'm sure my friend Ben who's really into it will, would know exactly what I mean but there was um he won a world title right and he, he won a man won <laughs> <laughs> the but, end yeah but at school he was really heavily bullied so his why was that he wanted to show them essentially so he sacrificed everything. Fuck it. I don't care about anything. All I'm going to do is win, right? And then he went on this podcast before, which is why they were talking about it. And um, he won. And then the minute he left the stage and went home, he was clinically depressed. Mm. And he had nothing. It's like when we always say, like, I find it really interesting. Like Matt Fraser, when he won the games finally... He went into a room and shut the door in silence and just was sad. Yeah. And I think we don't talk about that enough. Yeah. Like a self that there's doing something for you and there's doing it in a selfish way. Like fuck everyone else. I'm doing it. Mm. Not necessarily great, but I'm doing it for me. And, and my partner understands and he's there for me every step of the way. And we understand that this is what we're going to have to do. Yeah. And what tips would you give somebody who maybe starts out with a, a goal which seems really intrinsically motivated? So this guy who got into UFC and wanted to prove himself. But what would you say for someone who maybe gets lost along the way and it, it, they lose their meaning? What type of coaching questions would we ask those type of people? Or how would we help them develop their own understanding of where they're at with that? hard there's, there's there's not well to be perfectly honest there's not one size fits all no. model which is such why it's such a hard question no. but um let's, let's... Got the, let me I just want to read out something that Carl so as everyone bloody knows um I did my uh qualification my my like higher qualification with coaching with um OPEX and Carl Hardwick is um the CEO so he like does everything really great guy um just really nice I really like him and then he did this post the other day and I saved it and I thought this is interesting but I was busy so I thought I'll come back and and read it and he said if you are constantly seeking efficiencies in something you will eventually despise it or maybe you already do question mark if you are trying to be the best at something you will eventually hate it if you're trying to make something perfect it will become it's like unless it is your job or you're doing it for um something other than a hobby 
for example, I've trained people before that this is years ago, but they were like so into CrossFit, right? Because they loved watching it and they loved doing it. And it was just like everything. And, and I was like, okay, so you're going to have to get really good at making um, dynamic contractions aerobic. You're going to have to do it with no fatigue first. You can have to make sure your movement proficiency is there. Your aerobic base has to be extremely good. So you're going to have to do a lot of like really low and slow, boring shit. <laughs> you're going to have to, sometimes you're going to have to train twice a day. Sometimes you have to do this. And people are like, yeah, yeah, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm like, okay. They do it. You, you, you try. If you're not doing it for a specific reason, you're not doing it for a competition, like a big competition, or you're not doing it because you're trying to be the best in the world and you're just trying to do toes to bar over and over again, you're gonna hate it, right? And then he says at the end of it, or maybe you already do. And literally like, I read that and I was like, Some, sometimes people will love it, but you will reach a point of diminishing returns. If you just continue yeah. when it's not, it's not a goal that you really, 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 really want. It really and got me. I saved it. I was like, fuck. <laughs> and the reality is that, that those people who do go to that next level in sporting careers or um, events or whatever it might be mm -hmm. are the small minority who are willing to take it to extremes. And they would probably agree I would think a large proportion of them would agree that they are taking it to an extreme but that is their nature and they are willing to do it because of the love of the sport the love there of the goal go. the love of those things mm -hmm. whereas there's nothing wrong with admitting that you like something or you enjoy yeah. doing something or you do something for fun like I I'm trying to think of an example. Maybe mm -hmm. there, there are many people who go to CrossFit just for fun. They're not trying to become the next Absolutely. game. Athlete. Absolutely. And he says, if you're a coach beating yourself up because you are not efficient, ensure you have a system, but also find enjoyment in what you do. So for example, right, if you're training for a marathon and you hate running. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? He says, um, I'll just read out some of the stuff. Um, someone commented, I'll just read it out because it's interesting. Um, interesting take. The more I seek to become more efficient, the more I love it. I guess I'm just not content with effectiveness and rather seek efficiency. He said, agree to an extent, but I think efficiencies, like most things, reach a point of oh, diminishing returns, i.e. coach trying to shave another minute off her, uh, his, her design, like program design time. All the while they forget that it is a creative process and one that they should enjoy and focus on effectiveness before time. So constantly trying to get a minute off your marathon or uh, sorry, a minute off your 10K or a minute off your 5K. Oh, I just want to scrape it. It's like, but if you don't love it, yeah, then that, that's irrelevant. Taking a minute off your 10K if you hate running, what is, is, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. So he basically says, sometimes if you find yourself always trying to seek efficiency and effectiveness, just stop, smell the roses and be like, do I, do I like doing this or am I just doing it because I feel like I have to, or I feel like I am constantly just trying to be better all the time, even when I don't like it. Yeah. It's, it is an interesting take because mm. I love, loved, yeah. <laughs> still sort of do, 
loved squatting like that was my favorite lift loved yeah. squatting so much even though in hindsight look back and cringe at some of the lifts but still <laughs> loved it so for me going for 100 kg squat was like big deal yeah, yeah I love this whereas if you were asking me to try and push on my bench at the time mm-hmm. would have never thought of anything worse because I hated bench press mm-hmm. so there wasn't as much of an incentive for me later down the line now where I am I ask what did that matter why did I go after that but at that moment it was really important to me just like now maybe with my marathon or with my running it's just something that I think oh that's interesting I want to have I want to have a crack at that I want to push myself but you have to be aware of the consequences that come with certain goals so I know when I'm doing marathon training I feel quite crap (laughs) I feel I feel quite rubbish all the time I sacrifice a lot of social events because I have to get up early on a Sunday and um my eating just yeah my eating's a bit weird because I just gravitate towards carbs a lot more which is fine because it gives me energy but actually it makes me feel quite sluggish so it's the it's the consequences that come off the back of it so you've got to be aware of those things and absolutely if you deem the goal worth it go for it absolutely if you don't there's no harm in saying yeah you'll find out and there's nothing but don't and I would never want people to also think that they failed because, wow. oh, well, I, oh, why, why am I like, why am I no good at this? Or why am I, why am I quitting? Or why am I failing? So there's something under that. And that's why Matt always says to me, it's not that deep, but it is. I'm afraid it is. And I stand by it. It is that deep. It <laughs> no, is truly it deep. Is. It is. And I just think like, if I can think of an example, hmm. when I did that powerlifting mate, God, it was fucking my, uh, miles away years ago after that I was like oh you know I, I can get 135 on the deadlift I did 130 I'll get 135 blah, blah. and then obviously I had a break and I started training I was just like I don't like this mm. and it was hard it was hard because I've all I've been doing for years is just trying to I had, I had 140 in my head just it was three plates aside I was like I'll do it whatever and then so I was training and then I was just like, and then I'd miss sessions and I'd be like, oh, I'll do the deadlift tomorrow or oh, I, I don't want to do that. And then I was just like, I don't like it. Yeah. It makes me, I feel stiff. Um, I cannot be flexible with training. If you have like a quite a serious goal like that, there's no flexibility involved. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, with your marathon, you wouldn't just message me and say, oh, Sash, I'm not running this week because I've got a party yeah yeah but your marathon's in six weeks yeah you move it around yeah you do what you can and if you need days off then of course you need days off but you can't be like that every week so if you have like a really like a quite a serious goal you just need to get used to the fact that you need to stick with it for as long as it takes to get there because otherwise what's the point Mm -hmm. and I think sometimes I think um People only understand how important consistency is when they have been consistent with something for a really long time. Like my client, Amy, she said to me the other day, like, I've never stuck at anything for as long as this. And only now has she realized how strength training takes a long time because finally she's in something and she is taking a long time. And she understands Uh that because she's done it. Uh But a lot of people will give up with something quite soon because they don't actually realize how long this stuff takes if you want to no. do it properly no 
And they, the only way they're going to understand that is obviously you set expectations, as you know, as a coach at the beginning, you set expectations. Oh, I want to get really good at strength training and I want to understand it. And I want to be able to write programs for myself and I want to get in and I want muscles I'm using and how I feel it and what it does. And I was like, okay, how long you got? Yeah. <laughs> because that takes fucking ages. And I'm there now, I would say, but I've got loads to learn. Like, how much do you want to know? Like, I just, I want to be really confident. I want to do this. I want to do this. And then obviously you take them through like how strength training works. And then, you know, three months in and they're like just lunging because they've never done anything before. They've just uh-huh. split squats and stuff. And they're like, oh, this, these are hard. I'm like, damn right they are. Yeah. yeah. And then another nine months later, you know, ah, oh, those lunges are getting quite heavy now. And you know, people are just like, fuck. I'm, I'm, and then if you said to somebody, week one, nine months, you're still going to be doing lunges, they'd go, where's the variety? Where's the change? Where's no, the whatever? Change. And you say, if you're doing them right, you, you don't need tons of variety. You don't need tons of change. I had this conversation with a client who signed up uh, this week and uh, she said, oh, that came up in, one, in, mm-hmm. in her consultation, the word variety with training. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, why do you think you need it? And she said, oh, it just keeps it fun, doesn't it? And I said, right. And then we talked through and I said, how far has that got you so far by doing lots of things varied all, all the time? Oh, she said, not, not very, actually. I was like, yeah. Mm. And I was like, and it might not seem like we're changing a lot, but we will be, even the smallest amount, whether that's the, the tempo or the positioning of your foot or whatever it might be, that improves it so then we can create more load or we then we can create the different intensity it's going to change the way that you view movement Mm -hmm. not just from her experience doing lots of hit bouncing your body around anyone can move right anyone can throw the body around but it takes intention to 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 do something that's worthwhile for your body we said this had had this discussion yesterday didn't we because Mm -hmm. my thoracic mobility is horrendous my upper back I spend a lot of my day hunched over a laptop even though I try to have good posture it doesn't always work mm-hmm. so I always say to Sash like this is something I always want to work on mm-hmm. so Sash programs me rotation my rotation looks mm-hmm. <laughs> doesn't look like a rotation but I'm trying I'm trying yeah. but that but, stuff you know it's taken but, you years to get into that position that you're in now so it might take years to get out of it you know 100%. so probably we're, we're still going to be doing those pulls <laughs> for another year or two I would imagine yeah. just so I can actually start doing them because I don't I don't have that mobility there so it would do me an injustice for Sash to be like right next next <laughs> exercise yeah of course and you and I think with variety, I think without sounding like I'm not on my high horse or anything, but you do earn the, you earn, I don't know how to say it, earn the right. You earn the, it's almost like you graduate. Yeah, but once you're um, efficient and you move well and you understand movement, then you add variety. Yeah. You don't add variety at the beginning. Because yeah. Let's just say you were <laughs> trying to use an example. Let's say you were really trying to get good at Mexican cooking, right? Nice. Yeah. And you're like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna make tacos el pastor. I'm gonna, I'm literally gonna get so good at Mexican cooking, right? And then on Monday you do Mexican, right? And Tuesday you make a, an Indian curry. Wednesday you get a takeaway. Thursday you make sushi. Friday you get a burger, you make a burger. And then on Monday, you're like, oh, I need to get back to them tacos. Oh, what am I doing again? There you go. 
it's like it, I, I, everyone yeah. likes food right if you didn't get that guys that was the official tone of that means you, you failed yeah but obviously then people like me oh yeah but then it's boring and and it's not boring if you understand why you're doing it 100% and getting better at something is never boring no it's difficult to explain that to maybe certain types of people though because if mm-hmm. if they struggle with I don't know attention or they've never yeah. given their exercise intention before and yeah, um, I, I wrote a post about this on Instagram yesterday how people think that what they need is someone just to tell them what to do do this yeah. do that etc mm-hmm. and you might say well is that not what you and Sash do though because you're telling us to move our foot here and you're telling us to breathe there and you t- no because we're consulting you as we go mm-hmm. we're asking you how does that feel did you notice anything there because yeah. that's how you learn you're part of this process you're participating you're not a participant Exactly. Yeah, that's really good. I think we'll, I think I'll reuse that somewhere else. Participating, you're a participant. No, I like that. I like that. It, but so they obviously call it like um, program hopping, essentially. Yeah. They're like, this not working. I'm going to do something else. That's not yeah. working. And I'm going to throw not you and I, or Kagan or Andreas, the coaches I train, or Sam. But any more coaches before I feel terrible. No, I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you, obviously. But the worst program hoppers that I see on social media are coaches. Why do you think that is? Honestly, some I, obviously I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus and it's none of my business. And they might say, oh, yeah, but I'm just practicing whatever. They, I'm sure they've got an excuse. But sometimes I'm like, I'm a big believer in if you have found the right coach for you and you get on and you've got a great relationship and you feel open, you can be open and honest with them and you can challenge them and like you can have hard conversations, but also you can have some fun and maybe go for a coffee or for dinner or whatever. If you stick, if, if you, your heads are, if you're both your heads are in the right place, stick with it for as long as, as you can, because something great's going to come out of that. I'm a big believer in that. But then when I see some coaches, they're like, oh, I've, hi- I've hired a coach and then suddenly they're tagging them and everything, right? And then they go off the grid for a bit, come back and say, oh, you know, I've not been training that much. And then like a week later, they're like, oh, so I've hired this new coach. And I'm just like, you're the worst one. Mm. I'm like, why are you? And it, but the thing is, then they preach. Oh, Stick be consistent. Oh, you got to be consistent, guys. It's like, uh, you're not. Excuse me, pot kettle black. Yeah, you're not. And so yeah. obviously, like, like I said, it's none of my business. I just notice it. And it's probably something that you would notice and, and Andreas and Kagan and Sam would notice too. But it's like, you're fucking doing it. You can't preach consistency yeah. and like and relationships and everything and then get a new coach every two months. You're going against it. Yeah. But the yeah, why do you think program, why do you think coaches program hop? I don't know if you're a coach listening to this and you find yourself program hopping can you message me and maybe we can chat because I don't know it's almost this vicious cycle where clients come to us thinking they need variety because they see coaches online mm-hmm. doing loads of different stuff yeah. then it's our job to tell them it's not about loads of variety you earn the right vari- you earn the badge mm-hmm. to graduate yeah. towards variety over time yeah. variety then- yeah sorry carry on Jeff 
but then they just like they see people doing it so um there's no wonder that they're in that oh yeah it's no wonder it's no wonder and like oh guys I'm training for this event oh I'm doing this I'm doing this and they're in good shape so people saying like oh maybe I should do that event maybe I should train like that but variety is something that can only be executed correctly essentially let's look at let's just explain that a bit more because people might not know what we're talking about let's say lunge just because we were talking about lunges a minute ago right god there's loads um reverse lunges front lunges lateral lunges deficit lunges front foot elevated uh, lunges rear foot elevated split squat i would say very you know similar barbell reverse lunges barbell walking lunges front rack lunges safety bar lunges um uh jumping lunges um fucking hell a lot (laughs) you catch my drift a lot of lunges do you think that a beginner can do jump lunges no they can't it's really really hard with motor control it involves a certain amount of strength to be able to create power which if you have if you if you're not strong you can't be powerful really um coordination um fucking hell loads of things just balance to start yeah Yeah. so you know you're you have might have a client and they might come in and they say oh you know i really want to like uh I want to do jump lunges and some people try yeah go on then (laughs) no you can't do them it's like the one of my pet one of my thing that annoys me one of the well not the most but hate seeing people do walking lunges body weight as part of a warm-up when they can't do them yeah if your warm-up involves something you can't do you need to do a different warm-up yeah. If you can do like you or I, for example, like my lunge is stronger than my squat. I'm, I'm, it's probably the thing I'm the best at. Can I do body weight walking lunges in my warm up? Of course. For example, my pressing's really bad. So if I was warming up for bench press, could I do push ups? No. Yeah. Push ups for me cannot be easy. They are yeah. hard. Same for me. It's a challenge. Yeah. So there you go. So if you're, if you can't do something very, it's like fucking air squats, honestly. I've got parasitism in my head. it's like if you can't do a squat air squats shouldn't be in your warm-up because you can't do them and there's nothing wrong with that I'm not saying everyone should be able to do it because it's hard I'm saying that your session that you're doing and the goals that you have set the program needs to be written with stuff that you can actually do which is sending a generic warm-up to someone I'll do 10 step-ups on each side and then 30 second moderate effort on the bike and then a bent hollow hold it's like what if that person can't do single leg very well um what if they aren't strong enough to be able to actually do a moderate intensity on the bike what if they've got uh something in their neck which means that they can't do a bent hollow hold because their core's not strong it's like you can't just be sending these generic like shite things out to everyone you have to Mm -hmm. build it on something that you know they can do yeah um so I went off on one. I just got passionate. No, but that is, that's one of the notes that we said. We said about what can you do to set yourself up for success? So we said, right. get, really, get really clear on your why. Stop chopping and changing. That's do not going to help. Because if you want to be successful with your specific goal, changing your mind every five minutes, doing something different, you're never going to see that progression. And just like mm-hmm. Sash said, it can take years, years to yeah, get, yeah. <laughs> years to get, somewhere with a movement some things might come natural some things may not Mm -hmm. but we all have weaknesses and we all have strengths so 
you chopping and changing before you've given your body chance to adapt to the current stimulus that you're putting it on means you will never ever get results you'll never get anything you'll never you're not gonna for some reason in every part of our life we we know that doing things over and over again you'll get better at them but for some reason when it comes to training that sometimes just goes straight up flies out the window doesn't it but then I think this is the problem where the fitness industry makes everything seem sexy and exciting all the time and that's the only way you Mm. can hold people's attention but as we've spoken about before your health and fitness can be fun of course it can be but it, it shouldn't can. be a form of entertainment so if you're constantly yeah. you looking... want to be entertained go to the cinema and watch top Gun. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be to be fair you rate that didn't you it was so good was yeah so good. i still not watched it matt, i said to matt we need to watch the original he said i can't fa-. matt's a bit old school and he said i can't face watching a film that's that old in my defense um i hadn't watched the first one and it was fine yeah um, but like Jess said, it, it, if you want entertainment, go to the cinema. If you want entertainment, go and do something fun. Go paintballing or watch <laughs> a, a TV program. Like, yeah, it should be fun, but I think entertaining is where it's like, you know. And also, not everything will be fun. So we say yes, it can be fun, but let's not get it twisted. No. For example, like we've just yeah. said, there's sometimes when you have a specific goal in mind. I would say quite a lot of the runs I did in marathon training were not fun. I didn't enjoy them, but I did them because I had a I had a goal in mind. The same with if you want to get stronger in your single leg movements yeah. and you don't really like lunges, it's probably one of the things, things you're just going to have to get better at and just deal with it and grow and bear it. And what you often find is the more you do something, the better you get it, the greater satisfaction you have, and actually the more inclined you are to then continue to do it. Similar for me, I hate bench when I'm not doing it, but when I get into a good rhythm with it, I actually start to quite enjoy it. Absolutely. And I think that also you have to remember that the more, the better you're at something that you get, the more fun it becomes. Uh-huh. If you can't lunge, right? And you're just trying to lunge over and over again, it's not going to be fun at all. It's like doing it like, what can I not do? Ice skate. So I don't enjoy it because I'm just like fucking Bambi on ice. I'm just flailing about. I get worried I'm going to fall over. I get worried I'm going to chop someone's finger off. I'm just not good at it, right? So I don't enjoy it. But let's just say that I just, okay, right. Of course I'm going to be shit at it because because it's hard. But then if I kept going and then became, started noticing that I was getting a bit better and suddenly I don't have to hold on anymore. Suddenly I don't have to hold someone's hand. Oh, you know, I'm just, I'm going around in circles, but I'm thinking about something else. So I'm getting better at it. So I'm more likely to keep going because I'm getting better and then it becomes more fun and also the more you do that so when I go into the gym like today for example I did a a, a lunge variation um because I'm very good at lunges and I can pretty much have probably six months off the gym and still be good because I've done that many of them um I love it I'm like oh I can definitely do that variation there is not a lunge variation that I cannot do because I'm good at it and I love it now but at the beginning I probably was like these lunges are so shit (laughs) (laughs) get these yeah yeah (laughs) so you just gotta get sometimes I think sometimes you just gotta give something a chance and yeah okay if you do it for a year and you hate it like if you're strength training properly for a year and you fucking hate it I just maybe maybe it's not for you but if you, yeah. if you do it for a month, once a week, and you hate it, then sorry, it's not good. It's not long enough. And the reality of 
the goal alignment is important because if you say I want to be a strong and healthy and fit individual Sash and I will beat the drum of strength training is an essential part of that is it, so, yeah but then if you like but I don't like it we're like well what's what's more important you you not liking it or the goal that you have in mind and yeah. that's that's where being an adult comes mm-hmm. into it you've got yeah. to adult yourself you've got to say to yourself what you would say to a kid if they said this thing oh I don't like doing it but I really want that you gotta make a choice you gotta make a choice and that's the the tough bit so we said about what can set yourself up for success not chopping and changing having a plan which I think we've covered and the why but I guess just to finish on um a bit of a big point which maybe people don't think about as much which is how can you accept the change of your goals mentally, whether that's a positive change or a negative change. So let's use an example of as a positive change, how uh, your family member says to you, oh, let's do this charity event next year. Mm-hmm. It's going to be something we can all do together. It's a family thing. We're going to raise money for a really important cause for us. It's going to be a really positive change, but you've never done anything like that before. So it's quite scary, but it's a step in the right direction. And on the other foot, how a negative change of your goal. Maybe you pick up an injury, you get ill, it stops you from chasing those endeavours that you've always had. How do you deal with those two things? Right. <clears throat> Here's an example from, from another podcast I recently listened to. Mm. Yes, I will just finish off with this and I start this like half an hour rant. Yes. Um, no, because just it's, it's perfectly fine. So um, on my money podcast, Remy, who who does this I Will Teach You Be Rich podcast, he was talking to a 25-year-old Canadian couple, right, they lived in Toronto. Also, condo, does that mean apartment, flat? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's so, like a, yeah, it's like an apartment block, isn't it? Yeah, so they earn a good amount of money, they're only 25, and then basically their parents said to them, you need to buy this condo, right? They didn't have enough money for it. They couldn't afford it. So their parents gave them the deposit and this condo was 770,000 Canadian dollars. A lot, right? They, because of that condo, their expenses every month went from $1,500 on rent, right? To $3,000 on mortgage, maintenance, whatever, because they owned something now. And in America, it costs a lot more to own something. So basically... Because of that, in two years' time, if they carried on, because they kept having to withdraw money from their savings every month, in two years' time, if they carried on, they'd be broke, as in bankrupt. But they didn't want to tell their parents that they were going to have to sell the condo because they were worried about what they thought. Even though they were going to become bankrupt, they were like, but we can't tell them because they think it's a good idea, but... um, it's emotional like they well, we won't we won't hear the end of it but it was going to make them bankrupt so basically they wanted to sell it but they couldn't bear the onslaught of what everyone else would say so they didn't sell it right which is it, I mean even Ramit said on the podcast he was like I, I can hear what you're all thinking like you're listening to this podcast thinking what on earth are you doing you're going to be bankrupt ah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, but the girl was saying like to go to my parents who paid for the deposit and remember that generation are obsessed with home ownership I'm gonna have to sit down and say to them like this condo like I can't afford it 
their rent, their mortgage and everything was 88% of their income. 88. That's ridiculous. So they were literally spending, they were, not only were they living paycheck to paycheck, but they were having to withdraw $1,000 from their investments every month just to live. But they still didn't want to say anything because they couldn't bear to hear what everyone else would say. Mm -hmm. So I do have a point. (laughs) So basically, they knew what was best for them, but they were more worried about what everyone else said rather than what they actually wanted. What they actually wanted was to sell the condo, go back to renting and invest the difference so they'd actually not be bankrupt in two years. Remember, they're only 25 as well. But they were so worried about what their mum and dad would say, what their friends would say, because they were all going to say the opposite and say, oh, no, you need to keep it as an investment. I'll think of the equity, blah, blah, blah. But they kept it because they just couldn't bear what everyone else thinks. So my point is, if your goals are changing, you need to make sure that it's something that you want and you have to be prepared that the people around you that you told that you were going to do this event, you told Instagram, you fucking wrote an email about it, you said, everyone, I'm doing this event, sponsor me, blah, blah, blah. If you change it, one, you're going to have to tell everyone whatever. But if it's what you actually want, fuck everyone else because it's what's best for you. Because otherwise you're going to go into this goal. You're going to keep doing it just because of what everyone might say. And people say, oh, it doesn't matter what everyone else thinks. Sorry, but we care what everyone else thinks. It's natural for us to care what other people think. So it's like our goals will change. And if you want to deal with it, you just have to literally say to people, I don't want to do this anymore. That girl could have said, mum and dad, I know you paid this huge deposit for this condo, but we've decided that renting would be better for us now. So we're going to sell it, maybe take a tiny bit of money from it. Remember, it was making them bankrupt and um, do something that's best for us. And they said, you're going to just going to have to deal with the onslaught because it's what's best for you. See, I did have a point. Yeah, you did. You did. I, it was a good point. Also, it is. very good podcast. I was literally like, I was, I was getting involved in it. I was like replying to. <laughs> yeah, but it is. It, it's caring less what other people think when it comes to those goals. And if you change your mind, then that's okay. Just the same as if you're starting something. How many times have you heard like, like, um, when people <laughs> first get going and they say, uh, their friends don't take their health and fitness goals seriously, maybe. <laughs> Or um, someone might say, "Well, you've changed. You go to the you go to, you exercise loads now." Yeah, because that's because they didn't exercise any before. So of course yeah. they're, it's going to come across like they're exercising loads. Yeah. There's all these little comments that you might pick up from other people, yeah. but that's why the why. Well, it sounds really cliche, but that is the true reason why you know it's integral to your growth and success yeah. and moving towards your goals. Because it's almost like I don't give a crap what anyone else says because it means something to me exactly because it's best for me and because I know that it's something that I should be doing and even like I've heard people say that oh I started weight training and my mum said um oh don't get too muscly it's not feminine or whatever it's like it's the same as the condo thing it's like it's a different generation they're never going to understand yeah there's some things that I say to my dad or whatever about all this money stuff and he's like no but when I was younger I'm like yeah no offense dad but you were younger 35 years ago (laughs) yeah different sorry it's a different it's a different time which is why like I just I don't get offended by certain things that someone said 50 years ago because like we lived in a different time then 
So it's like if your mum's saying something to you or, you know, people are saying stuff, it's like that's going to happen, especially yeah. if it's a big goal. Like let's just say you train for an ultra marathon for a year. Right. And then you decided that you didn't want to do it anymore. It's a sunk cost fallacy, isn't it? Don't staying in something just purely because of how long you've done it is probably not a good enough reason. reason. Uh-huh. Um, so that person who's doing the ultra marathon, you might think, oh yeah, but you know, I've done a year's worth of training now. I've only got six months left, but if you don't want to do it, you're not going to give it your all anyway. Yeah. Just you're not going to get, you get your most You don't have to do it. No. The client said, if I trained the client for a year, right, to do an ultra marathon, they told me they didn't want to do it. I'd make, I'd obviously I'd make sure they were sure. <laughs> I'm like, are you sure? Sleep on it. Let's have a call tomorrow. What's made, what, where's this come from? Like, oh, cause you know, I I'm not really enjoying it. Um, I feel like I can't see my family or friends very much. I'm not sleeping well because of the stress. Uh, my appetite's gone. So I'm not training very well. Uh, I just feel like it's being, it's, adding more stress to my life mm-hmm. rather than and I'm not enjoying it at all anymore and I and I don't want to do it I'd say that's fine yeah and back to the point of um people when they first start out with the health and fitness saying just tell me what to do can you see how that can become problematic if Sasha or I said we well, need to do the ultra marathon and that person's going well, I don't want to and you might say well that's actually the type of coach I want I want someone to push me and do it and etc but that won't last it won't last you need to do it for your own reasons yes there's there might be people who need that little bit of a nudge on certain days and need time to think things through but you you know yourself better than anybody you know yourself better than any coach any therapist anybody who you could ever hire to help you with your life tap into that yeah absolutely. tap into it and I think it's good for us to obviously just as we don't do that kind of coaching you know just instructing or whatever um but I had a call with with someone the other day who was was thinking about coaching and she essentially wanted those things and as you know as a a coach when you're on the phone to someone you know and uh, and they're thinking about getting a coach it's quite hard to say I don't think if, if you're looking for they were looking for a very specific few things that I just didn't do I don't believe in. Oh, and I don't believe him. And especially this woman, I I said to her, because I'm very open on, on the on the call and everything, I, I said, I personally, my opinion, just from what you told me, I actually think you you probably shouldn't have those things. It sounds like that without those things, you wouldn't feel like you could do anything. So so maybe we should think about getting you to a place where you'll you're happy to crack on without those things kind of nagging in the back of your head and that's that's tough that's tough it is tough it is tough and obviously you know it's not I didn't turn her away you know I actually thought because she wanted those things and because she thought that those things were the gospel I actually thought you know what I'd be good for this lady and um but I obviously said to her you know she sent me a message just to confirm you don't do this you do this instead you don't do this and I could have said, I'll do those things. Yeah, because it's, those things aren't necessarily... It's not, um, they're not, they're not yeah. But they were just things that I don't do with any of my other clients. I don't personally believe in, and I don't think that she needed them. So I just said, don't do that. Yeah. I'll do this. It works like this. You know, so, uh, one of them was, um, I'm sure, well, no one knows who it is anyway, but one of them was um, WhatsApp, 24-hour, like, 
you know whatever. I don't I don't get that because when I'm asleep I'm dead to the world so I can't promise 24 think, hours no I think the 24 hours just means like oh all, all the time and it in her defense she even said like I don't think I'd want that yeah but I, was, just, I was thinking like so where did you know where it's, did it's, it's I think this is one of the problems of the coaching industry that some people still think that clients need a lift a list of the features of what they do <laughs> I do this I do this I do this and oh what's the machine Tight is yeah exactly it comes into probably like 0.01% of a client's interest in what you can do for them oh that's interesting okay cool how are you going to do it yeah. what's the benefits of that they, sometimes people list because they think oh this is me conveying value yeah but it's not value is value me saying oh with with this package you get this 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 and this that's just desperately trying to put across like oh look look at all these things yeah yeah I agree I agree I definitely have made that mistake when I first started coaching because I saw some other people do it and very quickly realized <laughs> it was not the place to be yeah and obviously some people say oh yeah what do I get then I'm like it's on exchange of like <laughs> you get me baby that's you what I say me, I say sometimes I say look I'm apart from when I'm asleep or whatever and I just call myself I'm your full-time coach yeah. I, I always say well when you know if you run a business you have an accountant right and they you know they sit in the background and they advise you on certain things and they make sure that you're on the right track on certain things, but that you don't talk to your accountant all day. Yeah. 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 Like, fuck off. <laughs> you talk to them when you need, it's, talk, it's all relevant. Yes. You talk to them when you need them and they advise you on things that they're qualified to do, but you don't send them things all the time. It's not, it's, it's, it's not like overwhelming and like, Oh, it's constant. Oh, you know, you don't tag your accountant in your bank statements on or, or like you don't feel like you have to share every single thing yeah it's just like a this really like cool relationship that you're just like someone's fitness accountant in the background where you're just like hey um you've got a a big promotion coming up how are you feeling yeah good like I feel like I want to maybe uh, do a couple less sessions that week just because I've got a few work to I want to keep it up obviously because uh, you know I don't want to not train at all but can you just reduce the volume because the few days before it you know I'm gonna be really busy that's my job creating fitness around that event that's happened that's quite important that's happening in yeah. her jo my job is not put and that's how we that's how we add value that's it's not being on the end of the whatsapp like that's that's the that's the thing that people think they need but actually what yeah. they need is that value in other things but long app was it yeah i reckon we've gone long half share <laughs> so this was an extra special one because we just had so much to talk about and um so much useful conversation for you all um i hope you've enjoyed this week's episode sash and i are glad to be back in each other's company um recording and we'll continue to keep bringing you um all the latest are we still here fitness content and if you've enjoyed it don't forget to like share and subscribe and i'm going to be writing an email tonight guys so if you subscribe to my email list you'll be getting um an email through first one in a I, while. I haven't i haven't written my wednesday one yet either i might just direct people to this pod as a good one yeah lovely stuff i'm exhausted now Okay, well, we have spoken for a long time. <laughs> okay, friends. Okay, goodbye. Bye.